Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm so excited to have you all listening in today. Um, and it's just a privilege to be able to uh, share with you each week of what God has laid upon my heart and uh, the ministry here uh, at Chandler Acres. Um, and with that said, um, I, if you don't know me, I'm Dan Wills, the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And uh, we do this podcast so that you can just kind of um, maybe listen to a message that uh, maybe, um, is, obviously it's laid upon my heart, but maybe that will uh, touch your heart as well and give you some kind of reason and a purpose uh, of, of why maybe God has put you in this world, or maybe it's a reason or purpose uh, of a gift that you feel that maybe God has given you, or whatever it might be. So uh, my encouragement is that um, you continue listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, and I believe that if you are listening today, there is a reason or purpose of why God has put you uh, in front of the device that you are listening to this podcast with. Uh, and so if you are uh, new to us, uh, we are in a third week of, of a message series that we've been calling Being Rich at What Matters Most. Uh, if you missed the last few weeks, what we're doing is we're actually building principle upon principle as we move forward through these weeks, these weeks, and, and we're trying to understand that we are blessed in a massive way by our good God. And so if you've missed the last couple of weeks, we have learned that there is some good news and some bad news when it comes to being rich. And so um, if, if the good news is, uh, is that we are rich, okay? And, and if you make $33,000 or more in a single income or dual income, whatever that comes into your life, you are in the top 1% of wage earners around the world. You are blessed and, and you are rich. The bad news, though, is you are rich. And that's really bad news because the truth is when you recognize that you're rich, it's harder to depend on God because we can depend on our stuff. Our wealth can distract us from what matters most, and ultimately, because we're rich, we have a very significant responsibility because God has made us rich, okay? So what I want to do today is talk about something that may be a little bit uncomfortable for some of you, but I believe if you have the right heart and the right attitude, you can become very excited and incredibly passionate about what I call being a rich giver, okay? I want to ask you a question. How many of you would love to be below average, in life. How many of you would love to be below average in life? None of you are probably super excited about that, right? Okay. Uh, none of us would say, Hey, I really want to be below average. You know, it's going to be great, but I need to tell you this. And honestly, that when it comes to giving, chances are pretty good. You are a below average giver. And I know that's really kind of harsh, but the reason I say this is because you are very, very blessed and studies show as hard as this is to believe that the more blessed you are, typically the smaller percentage of what you have you actually give. And the less that you have, the more in percentage that you generally give. And there are obviously exceptions to both of those. But the one study that I read, it, took, it looked at the top 20% of wage earners in our country and compared to them to the bottom 20% and found that those on the bottom 20% gave over twice the percentage of those in the top 20 and we hear that and we go, that just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, but it's accurate. 
In fact, what's mind-blowing is that the group that actually gives the highest percentage of their income is not the ultra-wealthy in our country. It's those who earn less than $12,000 a year. Those who would be considered below the poverty line in our country give the highest percentage of their income. And most of us are way above that, right? If we look at the income we make, we're way above that. The good news is, though, that many of you are above average in a lot of things. There's a lot of things you guys are all above average in, okay? An example of one of those would be you're an above average shopper. A lot of you are. You're really good at shopping. We have a nation of people who excel at consuming and spending. But we believe with all of our heart that God has blessed us. Not that it would all be for us, but that God would call us to do something significant with those blessings, okay? So if we ask the question, uh, if we know that we are rich, right, if we know that we're, we're truly rich from, and we're blessed by God, if we ask the question, then why has God made us rich? Well, I believe for a couple of reasons he's done that. Is one reason is, and it's, to me it's very, very true, is that God wants you to enjoy what he's given you. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing unspiritual about enjoying the blessings of God. Okay? It's just like a father who would bless his children. I want my children to be blessed. I, I want them to enjoy it. Okay? In fact, one of our key verses in this, in this study that we've been talking about is that God has blessed us with everything for our enjoyment. It's right there in Scripture. God, God wants us to enjoy it. But, but he also wants us to realize that, that what he has given us is not all for us. God wants us to be generous with what he's given us, okay? In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians 9.11, Paul tells the Corinthians this. He says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, it will result in thanksgiving to God. Imagine you are recognizing that you are rich, right? We're, we're believing this more and more each week as we, we study this. And you take a little bit of what God has blessed you with, right? You enjoy what he's blessed you with, right? But you take some of it and you give it to someone else in such a way that they actually give thanks to God for your generosity. Okay, remember what Paul told Timothy about rich people. It has been part of our key verses that we've been talking about. It's from 1 Timothy 6.18. Here's what it says. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Okay? Command those who are rich to also be generous and to what? Willing to share. He didn't say, hey, suggest to those rich people or encourage those rich people or build them up and hope they will be. But he said, command them to be generous and willing to share. So we've been building this key thought week by week. Okay? The, the first week, our thought went like this. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. And then the second week, which was last week, we, we, we added this line. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Okay, this week I want to add to this portion of the statement. So if you want to write this down, it goes like this. Because I have more, I will give more. Because I have more, I will give more. God has blessed us. We are rich. And it's not for all for all of us. Okay, it's not, I don't say it this way. It's not all for us. We will enjoy a lot of it, and we will give a lot of it. Okay? And we're going to be rich in a way that honors God. That's what the Bible teaches us. So what I want to do for the rest of the time that we have you on this podcast is I want to talk about how truly rich people give. Okay, Because rich people should never be below average givers. 
We're going to excel at the, the grace of giving. That's what I'm hoping and, and teaching you guys is that we can be, as Christians, be, be to, to excel at the grace of giving. And we're going to make a difference at what God has given us given to us, okay? So here's my two big thoughts for, for this podcast. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is this. Truly rich people give strategically, okay? Truly rich people give strategically. Okay, and this is so important because for many of you, this is, can be a life-changing thought process, all right? Because here's what I, I love. Here's what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. He said that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, okay? You should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That's what he's saying. I love this phrase. What does it mean? It implies to me that you've been you, you've given some thought to what you're going to give. Okay, maybe you've prayed about it, and, and maybe you're married and, and you've talked to your wife about it, right? Or maybe you have some people around you that you've talked about it, or you've brainstormed it, and, and you've asked God for direction. And once you've sought God, then you made a decision where you're going to give. Okay, now at this point, if you ever feel pressure, like I, I don't really want to give there. Okay, at that point, you're giving reluctantly or under compulsion. Either you're selfish in your heart or you haven't given any thought. Because when you think about it and you give to someone you love or to something you love, what happens? Well, most people get excited about that, right? You're not going to give reluctantly of feeling guilty. You're, you're pumped about giving, right? For example, my, my wife... Uh, amazing woman. I, I love her to death and with all my heart. And, and her birthday is on uh, Christmas, okay? She's a Christmas baby, so she has to celebrate both Christmas and birthday, which is, is kind of awesome in some points and, and not so great in some, but it just kind of comes. But sometimes what I do is I'll buy her a gift, and maybe it's a combined gift, or, or maybe it's two separate gifts, both for birthday and Christmas, you know, that type of thing. But either way, I try to make something special because sometimes she gets missed out being on a Christmas baby, right? Well, I'll get her something, and I might get it a little early, maybe a week or two or longer, okay? And, and at that point, sometimes I'm just like, I can't wait to, to, to give it to her because I, I, I'm so excited about this gift. There's just no way I can wait till Christmas to give this gift, okay? So this is not being reluctant or under compulsion. I'm excited about it. Why? Because I decided in my heart to give to somebody that I love. I'm a cheerful giver. The challenge is most people, most rich people just give spontaneously. And I want you to understand something. You do want to give spontaneously, okay? It's really important to give spontaneously, but you don't want to just give spontaneously, okay? For example, maybe you, you, you just don't have any kind of strategy and you walk into church one day and, and there was a, maybe a big tornado that happened that hurt a lot of people or an earthquake where uh, they're receiving a special offering or some kind of, maybe they're doing some kind of fundraiser that day or taking some kind of special love offering, right? And so you're like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And you spontaneously give to that. That's a good thing. Okay, or someone in your life group or small group loses their job and, and they can't pay their rent, and so you chip in and help. You didn't plan on it, but you do it, and that's a really good thing. And you want to give that way. You really do. You, you weren't planning on it, but, but you do it anyways. You give that way. You want to give that way. But if that's the only way you give, you're going to be incredibly limited in making a strategic, prayerful difference. Okay, Truly rich people give strategically. It's like the wise men when they went to see the baby Jesus, right? 
They, they put some thought into that. Long before they journeyed, what did they do? They, they said, hey, we want to give him our best. And so we're going to take some gold and some incense and some myrrh and, and, and bring it to him. But here's what they did not do, okay? They didn't get on their camels, travel across the country and go, oh, man, we forgot a baby gift. I know what we'll do. We'll stop in Walmart and get a beanie baby or a pillow pet or something, okay? They didn't do that. They put some thought into it and they gave strategically. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how to give strategically, okay? We start strategically giving with what the Bible calls the tithe, okay? In the Old Testament, Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe. The word tithe comes from the Hebrew word maser, which means a tenth. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse is what it says, which most scholars believe is the picture of the New Testament church, okay? We return 10% of what God blesses us to the church, to the storehouse, and it finishes off saying that there were there were may be food in my house. Okay, now strategy in giving starts with returning ten percent of what God blesses us with back to the local church, which myself and and many other people and many other scholars believe in is the most powerful organization to transform lives. Okay, I truly believe that. Now you may say, why in the world would you do that? Well, honestly, I believe Scripture teaches us it. Right. Some people say, well, that's an Old Testament principle, not a New Testament principle. Well, I believe with all my heart that in Matthew 23, 23, 23, Jesus clearly affirms the tithe in the New Testament, okay? And I believe that tithe is the starting place that that New Testament calls us to give much higher than that tithe. I believe it's ground floor giving, okay? Besides the spiritual act of worship, I have two other main reasons why we should choose to tithe, okay? The first one is, is this. Tithing teaches us to put God first, to put God first, okay? In fact, Deuteronomy 14.23 says, from the Today's Living Bible, it translates the verse in, in this, this way. I love the way it's worded. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. The tithe teaches us, okay? It's a constant reminder that every time God blesses us, is a, it, it blesses us in a significant way that we, we, we worship him for his goodness through Jesus Christ and all of his blessings. And it teaches us to put God first, okay? It, to help you with that, you can, you can try this little saying, okay? I will give God my first and my best and trust him to bless the rest. All right. I will give God to God my first and my best and trust him to bless the rest. Now, some of you are thinking, I guarantee you're, you're listening to this and you're going, oh man, I should have not listened to this podcast today. <laughs> you know, uh, and I know a lot of you are thinking for me to do that, what you're talking about, Dan, you have no idea. I would have to totally and completely rearrange my life. I have to make significant changes, Dan. I'd have to reprioritize my life. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's exactly what I'm saying. It forces us to do something incredibly spiritual, to rearrange our lives in a very tangible way around putting God first. All right. I heard a story about a guy who started his business. Okay? He made $23,000 the first year he had this business going, and so he gave the first tithe. And he said, I gave it and, and God blessed my business. And so he kept tithing and he blessed it more. And then finally, he made well over $200,000 a year in his business. And he, he decided to go to his pastor. And he said, I just don't want to tithe anymore. And, and he said, I, it was easy to give $3,000, but now to give over $20,000, I just cannot get my mind around that pastor. 
And so the pastor said, well, I understand. So let me, let me do that. Let me ask you this. Do you still want to put God first? And the man said, well, yeah, but I just can't do that. And the pastor said, okay, great. Then I'll pray that God would reduce your income back down to a level where you're comfortable putting God first. And the guy's like, well, no, 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 don't do that. Right. The reality is that that this is a way that systematically and consistently as a follower of Jesus, we can put God first in our lives, okay? The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this, tithing increases my faith in God, okay? Tithing increases my faith in the goodness of God. It shows me something that doesn't make any sense, okay? That 90% with God's blessings, somehow supernaturally goes further than 100% without. Those of you who are tithers that are listening right now, you're probably going, yeah, you're right, Dan, that, that, that makes sense, because you know how that works. You're like, oh, wow, yeah, I couldn't even believe it, but God does seem to do something supernaturally that wouldn't happen otherwise, right? So, for example, Several years back, there was this couple that was feeling led to give to their, give to their, their very first tithe, to, for, to finally tithe for the very first time ever. And they came up to their pastor, and they were crying, you know, that kind of that ugly cry of, you know, snorting and snot and stuff. And, and, and they were like, you know, you're not going to believe this, pastor. You're not going to believe this. And they said, we, we felt like we were supposed to tithe, and we went online, and we made our first tithe. And, and so we did that. And the husband told the pastor, he said, you need to understand something, pastor. Five weeks ago, I I started my job. Only five weeks ago, I started this job. And then after my tithe, three hours later, my boss came in and said, I'm doing such a great job. He wanted to bless me with a raise. And the husband's like, I cannot believe God revealed his faith. Three hours after I gave my first tithe, God blessed me in that way. Now, I need to share something with you very clearly, okay? It doesn't always work that way, okay? I want you to hear me on that. Please, listeners, hear me on that. It's not like God is some kind of cosmic genie, you know, where you rub him, put some money in there, and poof, you get a boat, okay? It doesn't work that way uh, all the time. Now, I'm saying this in a mindset, but what I'm saying is, though, is God proves himself faithful. And I'm absolutely and completely saying that God proves himself faithful. And I will tell you that, that that kind of story, though, it does happen, Okay? It happens a lot because God blesses those and, and meets their needs in a supernatural way that only God could do. It builds our faith in God. You see, here's, here's the thing. It takes faith to give first, right? When you give to God first, it takes faith. If you give what's left over, that doesn't take faith. That's easy, okay? But it takes faith to give first. I also want you to understand that's exactly how God gave to us. Okay, don't miss this power in, the, in, in, in this. Okay, Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ gave his life for us. Before we ever worshipped him, before we ever committed our lives to him, that's how God gave to us, right? He sent his first son before we did anything. That's how God gave to us. And God asks us to give to him in that same way. In fact, it's so hard for us to get our rational minds around this that, that perhaps that, that's why the, then in this area, in, in only this area, in all of the Bible, that God gives us permission to put him to the test, okay? It's the only place in all of Scripture where God says, you don't believe me? Try me. Test me. Test it, he says. In Malachi 3, verse 10, he says, God says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it. God says, test me in this. 
We need to worship God first. We need to give him our first and our best and believe that he will bless the rest. Tithing teaches us to put God first, and it stretches and builds our faith in God. Rich people give strategically as we've decided in our heart what to give. In other words, we have prayed about it, and we have thought about it, and we don't just give spontaneously. And of course, though, we can give that way, but that's not the only way. We need to think about it. And then when we've thought about it and decided in our heart, then then we're not going to give reluctantly or under compulsion. Then, Then we are cheerful givers, right? Because we are blessed with more than we need, because we are rich, because we have more, we give more. That's how rich people give. The second way we give, if, if you're taking notes of any way, is we give extravagantly, okay? Rich people give extravagantly. In fact, Solomon, who was very, very rich, when he was anointed to be king, he was supposed to give one bowl. But you know what he did? You know what he said? He said, no rich people give big. And he said, I'm going to give a thousand bowls to worship my God. And when David was heartbroken because they needed to build this temple, you know what David did? David gave out of his own personal wealth. And most scholars say it's the largest known gift in recorded human history. It would have been recorded today in the value of billions upon billions of dollars. He gave. Why? Because he wanted God to have the best of the best. In the New Testament, Mark 14, there was a woman who most likely had a very questionable source of income. She was forgiven and transformed. So so you know what she did? She gave extravagantly. She took a bottle of perfume that was bottled at a year's wages. In fact, you could argue that that perfume was probably what she would have used to help develop her, her future business, okay? And she took this valuable oil and she broke it open and she poured it all over Jesus. Every bit of it held nothing back, knowing that most of it would fall through the cracks on the floor, go into the dirt. But she's like, I love him so much and I'm blessed by him so much. I've been given, been forgiven him, forgiven by him by so much that therefore I'm going to give extravagantly. And here's the deal. You don't have to give big amounts to give extravagantly because it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Because even when the poor widow we looked at last week, right, gave just a little bit, Jesus was so impressed with her heart, right? In fact, in Luke 21, verse 1, it says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts in the temple treasury. He wasn't impressed with their gifts because evidently, right, it was probably a very small percentage. But he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins, right? And he says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others, She was so in love with God that she gave extravagantly. Now, I want to close out this podcast with this thought. There are some things of this world that just break my heart, all right? And one of those things that breaks my heart is that that some of you listening will think that's all the pastors think or all the church thinks about is money, 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 giving, giving, giving. Listen, we need to remember how blessed we are, folks, being as Christians, how blessed we are, because truth be told, if that's our attitude, if we go into uh, understanding of being a Christian and that's our attitude, it's a bad attitude because we are rich and rich people don't give like below average givers, okay? Why? Because God has blessed us with more than what we need. We are rich. We will not trust in our riches, but in him who richly provides. And because we have more, we need to give more. And that's how to be good at being rich. That's how to be rich at what matters most. And I believe one day, because of your generosity, people all around your your neighborhood, your your community, your city, the, the state you're living in, the country that we're a part of, around this world, 
When we give and because of our generosity, they'll be thanking God because of you. Amen. Thanks again for being such a loyal listener to Adventure Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this series, uh, and I hope you'll be a part of uh, the rest of it. We have two more weeks to go. Uh, This is a five-week series on being rich in what matters most. Talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.